live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Let me start with the breaking news. So what we have here is the opposite of a Friday afternoon news dump from the NFL. That is generally how that goes. Flip it on its head. What we have instead is a Friday morning news bombshell. A news bombshell from the very department of, hope that was worth it, fellas. Although I already know it's not. Without even knowing the details, I already know it's not. At Adam Schefter tweets, NFL announced Quintez Cephas and C.J. Moore of the Detroit Lions and Shaka Tony of the Washington Commanders are suspended indefinitely through at least the conclusion of the 2023 season for betting on NFL games in the 2022 season. These players may petition for reinstatement at the conclusion of the 2023 season. Stanley Berryhill and Jamison Williams of the Lions are suspended for the team's first six regular season games of the 2023 season. So there's your breaking news. A number of them suspended indefinitely, meaning through the entire year. A couple others get the first six games. My reaction is, seriously, seriously, dudes, how dumb can you be? How dumb can you possibly be? Does it get any dumber than this? You don't have to answer that. We all know the answer to that. The NFL policy could not be any more clear with regards to gambling. You cannot gamble on football games. I mean, how many times do you think these guys have been smashed over the head with that? Over and over and over again. As if the league and the teams themselves have not spent enough time letting guys know. And it's not that hard to follow. It's not that hard to understand. You cannot engage in any form of gambling in any club or league facility or venue. You can't. What is there not to understand about that? Did y'all not see what happened to Calvin Ridley? I know fellow Bama alum Jamison Williams knows what happened to Calvin, but somehow that didn't stop him. Even though he was the 12th overall pick last season, even though he caught a total of one pass last season. I mean, I would address all of this group with the same question, but Jamison, my dude, the hell are you thinking? The hell are you even thinking? Dude, you are so lucky it's only six games. And I'm not sure what the distinction is just yet. Why he got six and not the entire season. But so lucky. Meanwhile, Cephas and Moore already off the team. Already off the team. I know they're not going to cut the guy that they took that high overall. Those two dudes are already off the team. Again, hope that was worth it. I don't know exactly what kind of action you had, fellas. I don't know what you hit. But it better have been a seven-figure parlay. And somehow you've already stashed the cash to justify losing your job over this. I mean, I guess for the dumbest of the dumb, it would seem inevitable. Or unless inevitable, you got in really deep and you had a really big problem. Unless somebody got their hooks into you and you're in deep and you had no way out. I mean, it does seem inevitable that that's going to happen to somebody. It does seem inevitable that guys will try to get down on things that they know best and even more inevitable on things that they can actually impact. Inevitable. That's the biggest fear, right? that guys will A, either get in so deep that there's no way out and they have no choice, or that they'll just do it because they're going to bet on the thing they know best and the thing they can impact. 
Either way, this has always been the league's worst nightmare because nothing will wreck the credibility of any league faster than a gambling scandal. They can't have that. The Lions can't have that. Nobody can have that. Because once you have that credibility violated, it's nearly impossible to get back. Why do you think they're so paranoid about gambling? Because if the thought is what we're seeing is not legitimate competition, but that the fix is in, that it's no better than professional wrestling, that it's scripted, then you lose all credibility. And then the games don't matter because the fix is in. So these guys are getting exactly what they deserve. Nobody's going to defend them. How do you not know better? It's like the dumbest thing ever. How do you not know? You can't gamble. You can't bet on football. You can't bet on games. You can't. So why would you do that? Why would you risk that? Hope that was worth it. Although I know it's not. 1-800-636-8686. So again, that is the very opposite of a news dump on a Friday. That is a news bombshell. Here is a statement from Jameson Williams' representation. Quote, Alliance Sports confirms that its client, Jameson Williams, has been suspended by the NFL for six games for violating the NFL's gambling policy. Jameson takes full responsibility for his actions and is very apologetic to the NFL, his teammates, and the fans, and the city of Detroit. However, it is important to note that Jameson's violation was not for betting on football, but rather due to a technical rule regarding the actual location in which the online bet was placed and which would otherwise be allowed by the NFL outside of the club's facility. Jameson would never intentionally jeopardize the integrity of the game that he loves so much and looks forward to getting back to his team as soon as possible. End of quote. It's kind of like the gambling version of, I have never knowingly ingested any illegal PEDs. Listen, if you're a professional athlete, and for instance, as an analogy, your body is your moneymaker, you're going to make damn sure you know what you're putting in your body. You're going to know everything that goes in your body. Body is temple. Body as your moneymaker. You're going to leave nothing to chance. So that's why I've never, ever, ever bought that whole, I have never knowingly taken an illegal substance. Either you're lying out your ass, or you're extremely, extremely shoddy and not at all detail-oriented about your career. I've never bought that. So this whole thing about, we're sorry, we take full responsibility. However, there was a technical rule. He didn't bet on football, but rather it was due to a technical rule regarding the actual location in which the online bet was placed. How about you learn every single rule, and how about you know exactly what you're betting on? Or better yet, how about this? I don't want to be a hypocrite, but I'm not in the NFL. I'm allowed to bet. How about you don't bet? While you're an active player, how about you don't bet? How about you don't bet? You can't get suspended for gambling if you don't gamble. And if you're really going to, you better know that manual inside and out, frontwards, backwards, and every minute detail so you don't put yourself and your team and your teammates and the league in this position. He didn't know a technical rule. Find out. Learn all the rules. Or better yet, If you don't want to take time to learn the rules, don't gamble. Don't gamble if you're an active player. As far as the other dudes, getting cut and losing a year, hope that was worth it. Man, I would give anything to know what kind of action they had. How hard did they get down? I mean, not that it matters. You can't. But I sure hope you won the mother load to justify putting your career in jeopardy. Hope that was worth it. Hey, listen. Again, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I like the action. We have a big head bet segment coming up the top of next hour. 
But I know that when I talk about what I hit last night in the NBA, it doesn't put me in jeopardy of losing my job. I'm allowed to. 1-800-636-8686. Did y'all not see what happened to Calvin Ridley? Do y'all not know the rules? They're pretty straightforward. I guarantee the league and the teams themselves are doing enough to educate. It's not like you can say, you know what? That's where they failed. They're not doing enough to educate their players. Well, I'm guessing they are. It's not that hard to understand. If you can learn an NFL playbook, you could probably learn the rules of this. Dumb. U.S. Cellular has some great news, especially for you, person listening to this podcast. Right now, you can get one line with unlimited data for just $29.99. So, unlike other cell networks, you won't have to pay for lines you don't need just to get a good price. Get one line for $29.99 with unlimited data today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms do apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. He joins us right now via Zoom. He is Tyree Wilson. Tyree, great to have you on. How are you? Good. Glad to be on the show. Dude, good to have you on the show. You look like a million, man. Got to feel good. In fact, let me ask you, how do you feel? The draft is six days out, given all the time, the energy, the work that you've put in. What is your mindset right now, and how are you feeling about things overall? Uh, Really just, you know, coming off all the visits, just trying to get in the best shape possible and just, you know, relax and just chill and get to the draft. It's a smart way to play it, right? Like there's so much information and there's so much speculation and so much stuff flying around. A lot of it with you flying up draft boards with some projecting you going as high as number two overall. I'm kind of curious, like what do you do with all that intel? Do you try to track it? Do you follow it? Or maybe do you just do the opposite and only look to control what you yourself can control? I mean, I can't I can't control the boards. I mean, at the end of the day, the people making the boards, you know, aren't the aren't the general managers, you know, drafting me. So it's kind of noise that I that I ignore. And, you know, I still put in the work. So, you know, when I get get drafted, I, you know, I'm going to the team and balling. You're right. It is noise. And a lot of the people making that noise are not affecting the process. Now, you yourself get a lot of run because, you know, frankly, you're a pretty unique dude. 6'6", 270, 275. We know about your wingspan. We know about your length. There's more to you than that. And you've got a knack, right? You've got a knack for getting to the quarterback. Guys like that typically are in pretty high demand. I'm curious, at what point in your football life did you realize, I can make a real impact on Sundays and I can have a real opportunity to play on Sundays? Well, you know, going into college, you know, I knew I knew I had a chance, you know, to play in the NFL, but, you know, to actually be a you know, first rounder, it was the end of last year. And, you know, I just, you know, just took it to another level uh, with the coaches that surrounded me and put me in a great scheme. Tyree Wilson joining us. The thing about that is you got yourself in the right situation. The transfer portal, for instance, has created so many additional opportunities for guys. You, for example, started at Texas A&M before moving on to Texas Tech. Myself, I've spent a little bit of time in Lubbock. I know why you'd want to be there. I see good things there. I've been there. I get it. But why did you personally decide to go to Texas Tech? And then how did that help prepare you for the next step to play in the NFL? Uh, really just, you know, the relationships I built. Built in the transfer portal was it was during COVID, so relationship and be able to trust the coaches was was big, and you know I did that and came here and they helped develop me, took me to another level, and it's just the rest is history. All right, so you're your own man. I get that. You're your own guy. But given your athleticism and your upside, comparisons are going to be inevitable. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. Are there any current NFL players that you've tried to emulate on the way up or maybe that you've modeled your game after? You know, I just I look at a lot of great pass rushers like Miles Ma- Garrett, Von Miller, you know, the Bosa brothers, J.J. Watt, uh, Marcus Lawrence, you know, just dudes that, you know, I can use their moves to better my moves. So you told reporters at the Combine that you felt like you're, quote, a different pass rusher. What do you mean by that? Different in what way? Different in just, you know, my rush, rushing style. Uh, you know, I can use the long arm, you know, go to power and then change it up with speed and you know, counter inside, counter outside, and also just be able to line up inside and still, you know, have the same effect as I would on the edge. 
Ah, see, you took my next point. I was going to say, we see guys dominate at your position, and we see guys coming off the edge, and we see them dominate. I was just going to ask you, do you feel like you can do as much or even more damage on the inside as well as the outside, and how much pride do you take in that? I mean, going in the inside, you get a little uh, advantage, you know, going against the guards, uh, using your speed to your advantage. Uh, so I feel like, you know, on some some cases, you know, I can't have the same effect as being on the edge. and. It's just a quicker path to the quarterback. It is a quicker path. Tyree Wilson joining us. The draft is coming up next week. So you did suffer that season-ending foot injury in November. It required surgery. How are you feeling right now? And then what have NFL teams wanted to know about that injury? Uh, you know, first off, I feel great. Uh, Dr. Anderson cleared me like a month ago. Uh, so, you know, I've been ramping up and get back in football shape, running and, you know, cutting. Um, and the main thing was, you know, just – uh, after I got the hardware, I just, you know, the teams want to get the images and make sure everything looks good, you know, before, before they draft me. So only 17 prospects have been invited to the NFL to, or by the NFL to attend the draft. You're one of those guys, meaning, you know, your name's going to get called pretty early on. Listen, you can't control it, but you didn't get to where you are right now without being really competitive. You didn't get to where you are right now without having a motor. What would it mean to you to be the first defensive player off the board? I mean, at first it would be big, you know, big for Texas Tech. You know, Texas Tech's known as an offensive school, so I feel like uh, our goal was our goal was at the uh, this past year was to be a defensive uh, defensive school. So you know, being a high, highly uh, defensive player would you know would be great for me, you know, and my family. So who are you gonna have with you at that draft? Uh, you know, my mom, stepdad, my grandparents, and my, my siblings. Uh huh. Uh huh. Listen, one more thing. You, I know you're a big car dude. I love cars. I love cars. I got to ask you. Mm -hmm. I know you're about the main thing, but in terms of cars, are you about the exotics? I mean, I want to say that, but dude, as long as you are, as big as you are, I don't know that you're going to fit comfortably into a Lambo or a Ferrari. Are you about that life or do you have your eye on something else? I really, you know, I'm a simple dude, so a simple car would be good. I don't have my eyes on nothing crazy. Yeah, but dude, you could, you could. Nobody would think any less of you. Like, all right, all right let's let's not be simple. Yeah, Let, let's be complicated, dude. How about a complicated movement, like it, the dream car? What would the dream car be if if you were that guy? Probably like a, a Rolls Royce Cullinan, you know, big body. Dude, that's a that, first of all, that's a big, mean, heavy, powerful rig. Now we're talking about something. Have you ever got <laughs> behind the wheel of one of those things? No, I haven't yet. Not yet, not yet, not yet. Yeah, so, not yet, not, not yet. yet, not yet. It's okay. So the draft's coming up. Give me one last thought. Given all the work you've put in, you spent your entire life getting to this point. What do you think it's going to feel like when you walk up on that on that stage, you see the commissioner, and it then becomes official? What's that going to feel like? Well, it's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of excitement, a lot of joy, you know, that all my, you know, previous uh, years of putting in work has paid off. But it's, you know, it's just the start of you know, something great, you know, getting to an NFL team that I, I could be with the rest of my career and, you know, help them get to a Super Bowl and, you know, uh, reach my individual goals and switch, which is uh, having uh, double-digit sacks. All right, so almost there. I'm sure the clock is moving. Well, not fast enough, right? Like, hurry up Thursday. You'll be there soon enough. Tyree Wilson, my guest. He's going to be one of the first players off the board. Nice to have you on, man. Good luck on Thursday. Hope it goes really well, and I'll look for you again shortly thereafter. We'll do it again. I appreciate it. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef?
So no way that I'm going to that weekend without checking in with the big head for a big head bet segment. James Kelly, whether he wants it or not, he's going to get it because there's just too much action and too many different ways to get down and get paid. So we're going to go ahead and do this thing, even with that news off the top of the hour, because again, I'm not in the NFL and neither is James Kelly. We bet on the NFL, nothing to bet on, but we have lots of other action, nothing with the NFL that is. Other than, hey, James, what are the odds that an NFL player will do something really dumb like these guys did? (laughs) Well, it sounds like we weren't the only ones who made a bleep ton of cash off the lines this year. I will say that, Jim. So I'm happy about that. Well, we don't know. I I would love to know what these guys made or what they didn't make. But then again, it's neither here nor there. Now they're done, except for Jameson. Because he gets by on a technicality. What, right, one career catch, one career suspension so far for Jamison on fire. Well done. Well done, James <laughs> Kelly. I was going to say, what is your reaction? One career catch and one career suspension. One All right. Season in. Yeah, Do you incredible. have anything else to say about that, or are you ready to move on? Well, the Lions, I mean, it is interesting. They covered 70% of their games this year, so I'm looking at some of their numbers right now. Second-best team via the spread in 2022 behind the Giants, 7-2 and two at home. So, of course, we know nothing about it, like you said, but I'm interested to find more about what's going on here. They covered eight of their last ten games, too, I think. So, mm, Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that's a relevant question, something to look into, and hopefully we find out more. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk NBA. Boston okay. at Atlanta. This series does shift back to the ATL, but given how crappy the Hawks have looked, mm-hmm. that probably doesn't matter. Could these dudes look any less interested than they did in Boston? Could Trey Young look any less like the franchise player that he is supposed to be? Any chance that they make a stand here and any chance that you take them and the points? No, I'll pass on the five you can get with the Hawks, and I'll go Boston here, and it's funny with Trey. Through two games of this series, anyone who has watched him agrees with the NBA players and saying he's overrated as hell, Jim. Dude's been complete ass. That coach killer has gone 14 for 40 in the series. Derek White's outplayed him. That's not a put-down because Derek White is actually a pretty damn good basketball player. And I think the Celtics are better this season than they were last season because of that guy. He's shooting the ball better than ever, and he's a big part of why Trey has been shut down. All around, the Celtics have had the best defense this postseason as well, a 100.5 defensive rating. In Game 2, they had 12 blocks and 10 steals alone. 12 blocks and 10 steals alone. Love Boston right here. ATS Atlanta is 2-9 and in their last 11 on two days rest. 0-8 in their last eight versus a team with a winning record of over 600. And Celtics are 6-0 and in their last six games, 7-0 and in their last seven after allowing 100 points or more. They are also the best road record, uh, team with the best road record in the NBA this season. Let's go Boston, minus five on the road. He's on it. James Kelly feeling it today. I like the energy. I like that. I like the way that feels. All right, Cavs. You can talk about the Boston Marathon, too, if you want. No. Just talk about Boston. No. Okay, why would he... They were uh, tweeting me about that, too, I, asking I my thoughts on it. I literally caught myself before I called you an idiot. I just gave you credit for how good <laughs> that analysis was, but you just can't help yourself, dude. You I know. cannot the bo- help the yourself. Boston no, I don't want to talk yeah. to you about okay. the marathon okay. right. or number two or diarrhea on the lawn. Okay. Come on, man. Okay. Basketball. Come Let's correct, basketball. dude. Okay. Grow up. Calves. At, do, do, do not get run in the middle of a big head bet segment. That'd be such bad form and such a bad president. It's a slippery slope, dude. It's a slippery slope. And no, nobody stepped on that diarrhea and slipped on it. Just come on, man. The gloss Boston strainer is incredible. (laughs) What did I just say? Okay, back to basketball. What did I just say, dude? One more and you're done. Okay, One more more. and you're blocked. I'm done. I hope that was worth it. Okay. Cavs at the Knicks. That mm-hmm. series is tied up at a game apiece. I felt really good about the Cavs in game one. Uh, kick in the stick. Oof. The Cavs mm-hmm. were making things pretty tough. Kick in the stick. On Jalen. Don't interrupt me, dude. They're making things pretty tough on Jalen Brunson, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was Alvin. That was Alvin. Oh! He set me up. He wanted to get me run. <laughs> that was great. He tried to bait me. It almost worked. It, it almost worked. worked. Anyway, they're yeah. making things tough on Jalen Brunson. 
if you want them, obviously you can get some value with the Cavs at the Garden per usual. Do you want that value? How much value would you get? How are you playing that? You could have got two points this morning. You can get 1.5 right now. I'll take the Cavs. They um, have had the best defense in the NBA yeah, this regular season, and they used it to lock them down in game two. Completely different than game one. New York's shooting 25.9% from three in this series, too. The Cavs have to do a better job in keeping them off the old glass, though. They've been getting hammered in second-chance points. Barracuda. Barracuda. But I think Long Evan hard. Mobley does that. Big fan of his. Also, Spida. The guy the Knicks fan base wanted this offseason, he has to stay hot. He's averaging 27.5 this series while shooting almost 49% from the floor. But he struggled in the two games he did play at Madison Square Garden this season, shooting 37%. But I think R.J. Barrett will pick us up here, Jim. The $100 million man, Barrett, is shooting 24% from the floor, 12% from distance. Mm. Even Tibbs is laughing his ass off on that one. ATS, New York, as a home favorite, is covering That only... was a cue, Alvin. Thank you, Alvin. Tibbs, laugh. Hey, hey James, Thank I'm you. not a bleeping jukebox. I know. He'll probably run me, too. Oh, oh, damn. Back to my point about the Knicks here. They're only covering 44% of their home favorite games right there. Thank you, Tibbs, right there. Way to get it in the same show, Alvin. <laughs> Cleveland is bad in this spot, though. 37% cover as an away dog. Thank you, Allen. Let's go Cavs plus one and a half. Allen DeLauro or Allen Parsons Project. <laughs> That's coming up soon. We're off the rails. It is coming up soon. All right, what about the T-Wolves? They were garbage. They've been garbage mm. since that playing game against the Lakers. They were hammered in game one against the Nuggets. But in their defense, they did manage to actually show up and get off the bus mm-hmm. for game two. They lost, but at least they got off the bus. Any chance they make any stand tonight at home? I know you had. I know you like to take dogs mm-hmm. at home. Are you going to do so here with the Wolves? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, oh, I'll take the, you are. Yes, sir. I will. Yep, two and a half points and goal Wolves. Uh, love Denver. I believe yep, they're yep, a yep. legit. Thank you. Thank you, Alvin. Thank you, Alan. There thank, you go. Thank, right thank there. you, Albert. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Love Denver. They're Thank a legit you, title threat here, Jim. Yep, yep, Jamal yep. Murray is back to playing Jamal Burry, Murray ball. He's Burry. awesome. Yes, incredible. Like the key to their success of winning this championship, but they haven't been it good. It's just a matter of time before season. Jamal Murray came back to Jamal Burry ball. <laughs> that was inevitable. Yeah. Thank you, Albert, for the inevitable. Denver on the road. They're terrible. That's my point right here. They went 19 what and 22. Point, what is your point ever? 19 and 22 in the regular season on the road, which is wild for a team that's the best. Right? No, I'm not agitated. I'm good. Okay. I'm happy. Good. Good Friday right here. So far. Yeah, they had the best record in the Western Conference, and they still went 19 and 22 on the road. That's amazing to me. So um, tonight, expect Cat to play a lot better and with more energy. Denver has suffocated him on the perimeter. That Aaron Gordon guy, he's a really good basketball player, and he's actually a perfect player next to the Joker. He's done an incredible job. Thus far, Cat's averaging 10.5 points a game this series. I see Catmate. I see Catmate. We have to see, have to see Catmate tonight. From the floor. Yes, we do. If you're to be right. Mm-hmm. He was on a heater before the series started. I think he'll play a lot better tonight. Denver's also been up three games to zero one time in franchise history, so I like that. ATS is a scary one for Minnesota. They are 1-6 in, in their last seven versus a team with a losing road record. That's not good, but Denver is 10-16 and 16. As an away favorite this season, let's go Minnesota plus two and a half. You know what? You actually talked me into it. I, I didn't like the sound of it when you started, but you're good enough at this that sometimes you do flip me. Hey, would yes. you like to go? Let me sidebar for a minute. Would you like to take a free, gratuitous drive-by on AD? Because you live for that. Dude, I, you had some good points yesterday about him. He's actually... I. I love him now AD, because up, you can always count on him to get hurt once a game. That's got to be like an over, under, one and a half each game. But he always gets hurt every single game, and then he jumps back up like a warrior, like he's the man. And I'm actually enjoying him right now because it's it's great entertainment. Air He'll do it again tomorrow night. No, it's great. He, yeah. they, back in the day when I used to say that, you know, the thing I, one of the issues I had with soccer, aside from it being soccer mm-hmm. and all the other things I mentioned, yes. it was just yes. guys going yes. down uh-huh. and, like, they were dragged by a tank and then popping right back up. 
Dude, that's Anthony Davis. That's AD. That is Anthony. That's yes, AD. it is. Absolutely. Incidental contact yep. of a guy who's like seven foot nine going down like he took a shotgun blast only to <laughs> pop right back up. Just got ball bad and he pops right back up. LeBron's got some of it in him, but nothing like AD, man. No, but LeBron at least is there, and you can count on him. All right. Absolutely. Turning to boxing, although you and I talk a lot of UFC and mm -hmm. MMA here. We are still big boxing fans. Sure. You can be both. It's fine. We're not in any way disloyal. We've been talking Davis v. Garcia and giving away free pay-per-views yes. all week long. I like mm -hmm. the fight a lot. Davis, big favorite, minus 245. How are you playing this? Yeah, two good boxers in their 20s actually boxing each other. It's so anti-boxing. I love it. It's a tough fight to pick here. They're both unproven against upper echelon boxers. Garcia has a size, speed, power, and he looks like a Dodonis. This might not last long, uh, long if Ryan wins. He's usually hot in the early rounds, and Davis is not. But I think Davis settles like down. Um, figures it out after a few rounds, finds his range, and finds Garcia's chin and gets the ice job. I'm not going to do that minus 245, but I'll go Tank Davis by KO, TKO, nice. or DQ minus 140. Ooh, I like that. I like yeah. that. I knew you were not taking that minus 245. All right, so I know, I know, the clones mm -hmm. don't know this necessarily, but I know you've done really well hitting Major League Baseball so far, and mm -hmm. you also do well every year in the NHL postseason. Well, once the playoffs start, do you see anything else you like before I cut you loose? Uh, yeah, Stanley Cup playoffs, I could do something here. Uh, call me crazy. Uh, I deserve it a little bit, but I like Toronto this year. I, I love Toronto oh, this year. Oh, wow, yeah, that's Maple different. Leafs. Yeah, I like them a lot. They haven't won a series since 2004, but I think they beat I Tampa here. I'm going to take a minus 160 to do so. And, I mean, if you, if you feel like you want to hit them for a future, it's plus 850. Boston will probably win this thing. I liked Colorado three months ago, but Landeskog is not coming back. So, I don't know. Toronto's kind of fun. If not, take them for the series. But if you want to have some fun with them, take them pl uh, plus 850 for a future. Hey, listen, do you mind? Can I give something up on the air that you and I talked about off the air? Sure. You had a very interesting point. It's not out of character. I've seen you do this before, but you and I were talking about Sacramento and Golden State. We were talking about it last night, and I mm -hmm. said, because you and I talk often uh, night to night about what we're going to hit, I said, I like Golden State last night, mm -hmm. but six and a half seemed big. That seemed like a lot. Yep. And you said, your reaction, I quote, was, it is a lot. But now, after the suspension, I'm taking Golden State to win the series. Mm -hmm. And that's when Sacramento was up two games to none. Did you actually physically hit that, and what's your thinking behind that? Yeah, I did. I took the Warriors before last night to win the series. I still think they're going to win the series. I know the numbers are against them, but I still think they're a lot better than most people think. And I, Sometimes you get in these bad uh, you know, rat holes with these games. Sometimes, Alvin. every yes. time. There you go. I see you did that. Okay. But you know Two who's going to win the series or who you like during the series. So when my team that I like a lot loses a first game and a second game, I usually right. then jump on to get those better numbers for them. Golden State, I think a lot of that uh, dynasty stuff is premature if they're going to die, even if they lose the series. I mean, even if Draymond leaves, I still don't buy it. Remember last year, they won the NBA Finals, and Draymond was not great last year. Andrew Wiggins was really good. They still have Clay. They still have Steph. I think it's way, way too early to bury the Warriors. Well, one last thought. Did you, did you like them prior to the suspension, or are you basing this in part on the suspension and the fact that they're going to rally around him and it's going to galvanize them, or did you just like them prior to the suspension? I, prior to the suspension, I liked them, and I thought they would that would help him through Game 3, and then now he's going to carry some stuff. And he... He looks a lot better than he did last year, so I'll give Draymond credit for that. But I, I liked him true. before the suspension. I think, that, I think all of that is true. All right, so we he were looks all... great athletically right now. I don't know what was up last year. I, I think – yeah, I don't either. I think he does look good. I think mm -hmm. he looks very good, Always and you know he's coming back with a different sort of edge, and I think they are rallying around him. Mm -hmm. All right, so that, that was really off the rails, really entertaining. I've already forgotten half your picks. Can you circle back very quickly and run them all back? Yeah, tonight, NBA, Boston minus five at Atlanta. Cavs plus one and a half at New York. Minnesota at home plus two and a half over Denver. Boxing, Tank Davis to win by KO, TKO, or DQ over Ryan Garcia. Puck, Toronto minus 160 to beat Tampa in the series. If you want to have fun, plus 850 to win the Stanley Cup. And um, Amber and Portland, I think all those numbers should be minus numbers on Methylene, Ed, and Ryan. Do not touch those numbers for plus money because they will all do that. You need minus numbers for those.
can we not parlay all of them and make something? Is there not a hedge? Is there some value in that? You can make a lot of money. That's uh, a good job right that, there. That yeah. would be. Listen, I've never meant this more than I mean this right now, clones. You are bleeping welcome. You are so welcome, clones. Free, premium content, great data. The head, getting after it, well-researched. He has a system that works. He does very well. Will you put that up on Twitter in case they miss that and they still can't follow? I will. Jameson's got to find it somehow. I'll put it up. Ooh, all right. James Kelly, have a weekend, dude. Good job. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Dane Brugler is all over it. He joins us right now. Dane, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Jim? Good, good, Dame. Listen, before we jump into the draft, I really want to ask you about this because I'm a big process guy. And what I mean by this is you are the rare football journal to release an entire seven-round mock draft, which predicts all 259 picks. And not to get too far in the weeds, but because I am a process guy, I'm curious, how labor-intensive was that? Because in addition to that, you also have 401 scouting reports, and you have rankings for over 1,800 players. What goes into all that? It's a year in the making, you know, I, I treat my job like an area scout. So, you know, we're hitting these guys hard uh, background wise, uh, obviously strengths, weaknesses on the field. But it's something that I'm I just really passionate about is finding out about these guys journeys, you know, where they come from, you know, no two are alike. Uh, so, you know, multi-sport athletes, what are their family situations like, uh, you know, when they start playing football, I just so many, so much goes into that, you know, to understand where they're headed. It's, it's really important to learn where they're from. And so you can find all that in the beast, the draft guide. Uh, it's included with your athletic uh, subscription, so pretty good value. And then, you know, the seven-round mock, you try to be as realistic as possible, which is obviously it's like trying to get, a you know, the, the college of basketball bracket right. It's not going to happen, but it's a realistic uh, exercise. You know, it, the, the term mock draft, I think it's a little bit of a bad rap when really you're just going through scenarios. And you know what? You know what NFL teams are doing right now? They're doing mock drafts because they want to try and forecast, okay, if I'm picking 20, how are those first 19 picks going to go? And so you try to map it out and you keep in mind not only team needs, but you also focus on, okay, what are the trends? What, you know, this general manager likes uh, this, you know, certain thresholds for size or athletic testing. Uh, this team won't draft a certain position in the first round. So you try to stay, you know, color within the lines as much as you possibly can. Uh, but it's an important exercise because it helps you really buckle down on, okay, this is what these teams like to do in the first round. These are the, the needs after free agency. So, uh, you know, it, it is very labor intensive, but for somebody like me covering the draft, it's also a helpful exercise because it really makes you put on a GM hat for all 32 teams and really focus in on what they like to do in the draft. I was going to say, Dane, in other words, it's extremely labor intensive, but I appreciate it. I respect it. It's something to see. Now, listen, starting at the very top of the draft, you've got this great deal of momentum building right now for the Panthers to take Alabama quarterback Bryce Young with that first pick overall. Do you think they will and do you think they should? Uh, yes to both. Uh, I think that he is the best player in the draft and you have to get past the size. If you can get past the size, because the moment he's drafted, he will be the smallest quarterback in the NFL. If, and it's not just, uh, you know, can he see over the line? It, it's not about that. It's more so about durability. He has a very slight build. This isn't a quarterback that's going to, uh, you know, get up to 215 pounds. Uh, he weighed 204 at the combine. But he's really going to be around 190, 195. That'll be his playing weight. And either you're okay with that or you're not. And if you are okay with that, if you're willing to take that risk, uh, then I think you love everything else he has to offer. The processing, the vision, the instincts. Uh, he really plays the position like a point guard. He creates space for himself. And he has such a good feel for everything happening around him that he's able to make things happen. So the poise that he shows, the intelligence, uh, really off the charts. I had GM tell me he was... Uh, quote unquote genius level when it came to the whiteboard and what they had him uh, do during the interview process. So I, I think when you look at the Panthers trading up as much as they did to go up to that number one overall pick, 
I, you know, I thought, you know, CJ Stroud would make sense. I think he's, if you have to put a safe label on one of these quarterbacks, CJ Stroud would make sense because of what he can do from the pocket. But with Bryce Young, uh, he is able to create in ways that these other quarterbacks aren't. You just have to hope that he stays healthy. And that's this is a guy that welcomes the chaos a little bit. You know, he will hold the ball until the final moment. He will let that route uh, develop. And so, you know, he has to take care of his body. But as long as he stays healthy, uh, I think he'll be the clear top quarterback out of this draft. Dane Brugler is joining us. All right, Dane, what about the Texans? They're going to pick second. They've got all sorts of needs, but they're also a franchise, right, Dane? You never know exactly what what they're going to do. Sometimes they do exactly the opposite of what you might expect. What do you think they'll do with that second pick? Uh, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do, but I'll tell you what other teams think they're going to do. And they teams think that more and more, as closer we get to the draft, they think they're going to pass on a quarterback. And, you know, I think from the outside looking in, it's easy to say, well, they need a quarterback, obviously. But we have to remember, this is a first-year head coaching staff. Uh, you know, D'Amico Ryan's coming over from San Francisco. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to hurry. They're not going to rush uh, and force the pick here. If the, the offensive coaching staff in Houston is not universal, and not uh, there's not a unanimous pick at number two that they believe one of those quarterbacks should go, if Bryce Young is, in fact, the number one overall pick, then I think there's a good chance we see them take Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech or Will Anderson out of Alabama. You, know, you think about those D'Amico Ryan's defenses in San Francisco. Uh, you know, this is uh, there's not a Nick Bosa in this draft, but the ability to find one of those pass rushers that you can build around and, and bring that level of play to Houston. Uh, they're not in a rush. We have to remember they also have the 12th pick this year. They have two first round picks next year. They can play around a little bit in terms of going to get their quarterback. So it, it, Houston's interesting. I think that's where the draft really starts. Uh, you know, the owner could, you know, wreck everything, come in and say, look, guys, we need a quarterback. So guess what we're doing? Uh, and, you know, Nick Casario, the GM, he needs to listen to his coaches. And so a lot of moving parts. I think Houston, here we are, less than a week out from the draft. I don't think Houston knows what they're going to do with that number two pick yet. Dane Brugler is joining us. So, Dane, if they don't take a quarterback, C.J. Stroud, what happens? I mean, does he fall to number four? And if he falls to number four and the Colts are looking at C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, what do they do? The intrigue will be at three because the Cardinals, uh, they want out of there. Uh, you know, they are willing to listen to offers. And so, you know, who, who are the teams willing to trade up to three to get the quarterback? You know, look at the Raiders at seven. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's in the fold. You know, he's going to be the starter. But, uh, you know, is he really going to play a 17-game schedule? Can you, you know, he's not the future, the long term. Um, you know, you look at, uh, I, I don't think Seattle is going to make that move. But, you know, you never know. The Falcons could get into this mix. They met last week with C.J. Stroud. Um, the Titans have been making calls uh, with teams in the top five or six picks to figure out what it would take to get up. So we're going to see some movement there with uh, some some quarterbacks and the, and the quarterback needy teams. The Colts are really interesting. Would they make a move? You know, would they trade two third round picks to move up one spot to make sure they get their guy? Or are they OK staying at four and saying, you know what? We like Will Levis quite a bit. We like C.J. Stroud quite a bit. And whoever's, if the Texans take a non-quarterback, we're going to get one of our guys at four, and maybe they're comfortable doing that. So I, it's going to be interesting. I, if Will Levis is a second quarterback drafted, I don't think that should surprise anybody. Uh, quarter, the quarterback rankings from team to team, very, very different when you factor in Stroud, Levis, and Richardson. There's a lot of differing opinions from team to team. Really interesting that you just said that because I was going to say that Will Levis seems to be the most polarizing of the top four. But to your point, it would not surprise you that if he was the second quarterback taken, we're talking to Dane Brugler. Dane, what about another quarterback, Hendon Hooker? Like, had he not tore his ACL last year, we might be talking about him as a first-round pick. Is that fair to say? What do you think of his skill set? Where do you have him going? Yeah, anytime you talk about quarterback, you have to talk about timeline. You know, when are they going to get on the field? And with Hendon Hooker coming off the ACL injury, uh, it probably not going to help you. Probably going to start the year, PUP, uh, inactive list. So you're hoping maybe the second half of the year, he's going to be able to step in, be your backup, maybe get him some on-field reps. And then going into year two, hopefully, you know, he's competing to be your starter. Uh, but we have to remember, he's coming from an offense that is uh, you know, far from what we see in the NFL. Uh, we have not seen a quarterback come from that Art Bryles half field read style of offense where you're spreading the defense out. You're getting the, you know, the half field reads, the clear passing windows, uh, you know, really quarterback friendly. We don't really see we have not seen a quarterback yet kind of debunk that offense and prove they can do it at, the, at, at a big time level in the NFL. Maybe Hooker can do that. Uh, but the fact that you are that first year is 
really going to be a redshirt year for him in the NFL. I, that, that might be a reason why a team does tr uh, trade up into the late first round to get him to get that fifth year option. So, uh, you know, you still have the four years after that. He's an older player, already 25 years old. Uh, there's a lot to like about him from uh, intelligence factor, the toughness. Uh, he has the physical skills. It's just it's, it's a big transition going from the offense of what he was asked to do at Tennessee compared to what NFL teams are going to be asking him to do. Not every team's going to be on board with that, but all it takes is one. Beauty's in the eye of the holder, especially with these quarterbacks. Dane Brugler, a national NFL writer for The Athletic, is all over the draft. We spent a few more moments with him. You know, obviously, Dane, it's all about the quarterbacks. That's why I hit you so many times with that. If you could jump over to the defensive side, there's some really talented edge rushers. I had Tyree Wilson on the show earlier today. As you look at it defensively, I mean, really a wide, open-ended question, but who are a couple of guys that really intrigue you on that side of the ball? Oh, well, it start with Tyree Wilson. This is a, a guy that uh, if you're going to build a guy in a lab, this is what it looks like. Right. And for a lot of the same reasons, Trevon Walker went one last year is why we're talking about Tyree Wilson as maybe going as high as two this year. Six, five and a half, 275 pounds. Uh, the wingspan, 84 and a half inches. He's got almost 36 inch arms. Uh, and, and, you know, I, he's a fifth year senior. And I think ideally... Uh, and, you know, that's the difference between him and like a Will Anderson from Alabama. Will Anderson, the moment he stepped up, stepped on the campus there in Tuscaloosa, he he, he was the guy. He he was the first linebacker to ever start for Nick Saban. Uh, and he, his production the last three years in the SEC uh, off the charts. Tyree Wilson uh, started his career at A&M, Texas A&M. Then he transferred to Texas Tech. And really not until his senior year did he really break through. And so a uh, little bit of an older player, but you still you love the traits. You love the talent. And it's no mystery why he's going to end up in the top 10. I think Will Anderson viewed as the more NFL ready, more of the, you know, quote unquote, safer pick. You have a better idea of what you're getting. Uh, but Wilson just has you know, the better physical traits. And in the NFL, it's not about what you've done. It's about what teams think you can do. And that's why they draft traits over production and why Tyree Wilson very much in the mix to be that first non-quarterback drafted traits over production before i let you go back to anthony richardson i mean what a specimen what a physical freak that he is there is so much to love about him but there are some question marks where do you come out ultimately how do you think he will project on the next level do you think we're talking about a superstar or do you have some questions oh there's certainly there are questions and, and it's really just comes from inexperience we have to remember this is 20 year old player uh didn't come from a big time high school started really just one year at florida 13 career starts and he was under 500 in those uh, 13 career starts there's just a lot that he doesn't know and it's not that he can't get there it's that he not that he won't get there it's just at this point in time it's going to take a little bit of time before he's ready to get on the field and this is a player you want seeing the field early uh, and so, you know, I mentioned timeline with Hennon Hooker. Timeline is very important with Anthony Richardson because you want him on the field getting those live reps. I don't think he's going to get that much better by watching the film, reading the playbook. You want him getting those live reps with the ones. And that's how he's going to be more consistent with his accuracy, with his decision making, understanding what NFL speed looks like. And so is there which team is going to be comfortable, uh, you know, getting a guy, putting a guy on the field that's going to have to take his lumps? And does Anthony Richardson have the mental toughness uh, that we've seen from like a Jalen Hurts that even though there's going to be, uh, you know, dips and valleys and, uh, you know, he was able to overcome and be a better quarterback for it. Does Anthony Richardson have that mental toughness to get through that and be better because of the mistakes? Uh, that, that's the big question. That's where there's split opinion on Richardson. But yeah, he's a freak show physically, 6'4", 245, 4'4", speed, big time arm, easy to talk yourself into Anthony Richardson and what he could look like two, three years down the road. All right, so this is a sensational conversation. I appreciate it so much. One last thought. In terms of running backs, Dane, like I'm a big Bijan Robinson guy. I mean, what's not to like, right? He ran for over yeah. 1,500 yards. I love the way he shows up off the field as well. That said, we know teams are more and more reluctant to invest high draft picks on running backs. In your mind, is he a first-rounder? Easy. Um, uh, he, If I'm the Eagles at 10, that's my pick. Uh, you think about dropping Bijan into that offense of what it could look like. Uh, now, I, I don't think the Eagles are going to do it. They're historically a team. Uh, they haven't drafted a first-round running back since uh, before I was born. So I don't think they're going to do it. But, uh, you know, I, I understand all the discourse about the second contract with a running back. I get that. 
But drafting a running back in the first round, I think that it, there's this negative stigma attached to it that I don't think uh, really makes sense for a player of this caliber, a Bijan Robinson, who the moment he's drafted, you can make an argument he's a top 10 back in the league. He has that type of talent. And so um, at some point in the draft, it, it'll get to the point where it's just, OK, this enough's enough. We got to end this slide now. Could that be the Commanders at sixteen? The the Bucks have uh, brought him to the facility at eighteen. That's a possible or nineteen. That's a possibility. Uh, I think his absolute floor is twenty six. No way he falls past the Cowboys. If he's on the board for Dallas, they will draft him in the first round. I just don't think there's any way he should get that far. I was going to say that is the best day ever for them if he's still on the board at 26. He's a national NFL writer and draft analyst for The Athletic. Dane, those who know, know, and they already know you, but I guarantee there are people listening or watching right now. This reaction is, holy crap, who is this guy, and how do I get more information? If they want more of what you do, where should they go to get it? You can find me on The Athletic, uh, the lead draft analyst there, and uh, on Twitter, at DP Brugler. It's where you can find the link to get the draft guide. Uh, if you like the NFL draft at all, I promise you, you will not be disappointed with uh, all the testing data for almost 1,900 players, scouting reports for over 400 players. Um, it's something that if you're a draft fan, you need to have this by your side during draft weekend. So uh, first round, seventh round, doesn't matter. Uh, it'll be a resource guide for you throughout the draft. Oh, Dan, I'll back you up on that. I pay for it. It's a tremendous value. Awesome job. Great to have you on the show. You made it much better. I really appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Anytime. Thanks, Jim. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. Welcome to the jungle. A very good Tuesday to you. I am Jim Rome. Great to be back. Nice to have you here. Let's go. Got a lot to cover and a big announcement coming up later on. My thanks to Bill Ryder for holding it down yesterday while I was out. Don't worry, clones. It's just today. Let's get the anger out of the way. Let's be happy. I have trouble calling Tom Benedetto chalk. Sacktown. Probably cannot believe this is really happening right now. Light the beam. Light the beam. Yeah! Town. Sacktown. Show me your cowbells and your laser beams. No, it's a big deal. Getting the job done in the first two games of a playoff series with the four-time champs is no freaking joke. Draymond stepped on him, but Sabonis... Draymond used Sabonis like a trampoline on a slam ball court. Draymond would have went to the rim with a double somersault tomahawk windmill jam. Jimmy, I feel like Parody Larry. I've been waiting so long, but I got something for you. Give me more cowbell. Chris Mannix joining us. Believe what your eyes are showing you. The second half of the season, Anthony Davis has looked like the Anthony Davis we have seen in his best years. The guy that takes that pressure off of LeBron and all guys like AD and, again, Austin Reeves to make plays. I'm here! Austin Reeves. I'm here! a girl to Amber in Portland. You know, she's kind of what we'll refer to in college as a moped. Nothing wrong with them. They both get you where you want to go. You just don't want to let your friends see you on one. Enjoy that golden ticket. <laughs> Any day, Alvin. Come on, guys. Dang, coach. Point me to the nearest concrete wall because I just got the sudden urge to run right through one. Oh, yeah. Brock Purdy, Doc, said, I don't know. It's possible he could be ready to play the start of the season, but it is far from a guarantee that he will do so. The date for Smack Off number 29 is... Friday, June 30th. Smack Off 29. Friday, June 30th. 2023. You should have known, right? It's on. Come and get some. Come get some, you little bitch. The countdown starts right now. I don't know how many titles I need to win before I feel like I belong here, but let's not leave any doubt and go back to back just in case, shall we? Stuff happened. It's basketball. We got to move on next play. How that guy went from that it's basketball, it happens all the time, to, yeah, I don't know. I'm questionable for game three. Sounds like somebody got in his ear like, sit in that wheelchair. We need to fit you for a full body cast. And if I would have been Draymond, I might have punched Sabonis or put my foot through his chest. Kevin Hart is my guest. I appreciate you even more forever a fan. You've been doing it at a high level for some time now, man. And it's always a pleasure. I love the fact that this platform is always available. Humbled by it every single time. But like, he's having like Michael Jordan out there. You're lucky he even performs for you bastards. bastards. Leave, Leave Jay alone. alone. Not that he gives a damn. He's got paid.
What's your beef? I got a beef with everybody. Hang on a second. I'm trying to use the phone. When you love someone, you want to smear chocolate all over their bodies and lick them clean. Before slowly removing your dentures and going Gene Simmons on his slabs of belly. Ah. That's not a good call. No. Do you know how bad you have to be? Uh, hi. Hi. I've been. We go to dance together, and he always forgets the dances on stage, so then we get bad scores. Dan, what's your beef? Mock drafts. One more week. Are you kidding me? Good thing Draymond Groin didn't live up to his moniker and stomp lower. We'd be calling the other guy DeMontis Sorboner. Email. I'm literally going to smoke Jim Rome today. I'm only up to the eye in Jim. <laughs> Happy 420. Rome, the pimp in the hot box. Now I am the LeBron of crime. Brian Prance joining us, having to face the potential number one overall pick in the draft, Bryce Young, every single day in practice. Him and Matt Jones going against them two guys. I feel like I have to step my game up. Fabian, what's going on? Oh, hey, Rome, you caught me off guard, bro. Hey. How can I catch you off guard? You called me. Happy 422, you and all the drones. Oh, man. Diaz. We had to fight He's for your not. team, Skip. It's like that little bell at the check-in desk back in the day at the hotel. I'll be stomping up and down on it. It's a Friday morning news bombshell. How many chiclets methylene has in her mouth at plus 800? How many blow-up dolls Ed in San Antonio has gone through? Bent over to tie my shoes. I look up, and who's right in my face? The backside of Ian pulled my finger to her, and he gave me pink eyes. Kick in the stick. The Cavs are making things pretty tough. Kick in the stick. On Jalen. Don't interrupt me, dude. <laughs> oh, that was Alvin. Dude, that was dude. Alvin. Oh. He set me up. Can you get that guy a new photo? He looks like the creepy guy hanging out around the local middle school wearing sweatpants. <laughs> either win with me or you can watch me win. There's actually a third option. They can listen to you never win. Carries all. <laughs> hey, Wells. Hey, Drew. Why don't you lose my number? If you don't want to row the boat, but you want to mow the grass. War 420. Sweat and rosin. Aloha means hello. And Duval means goodbye. Met him at the Braille Apex. The Smack Off. Friday, June 30th. Now it's Smack Off season. I have to low manage my lips. Good night now. Amber in Portland. Amber, what's going on? Hey, ha, 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 hi, Pamp. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, Rome. Uh, first off, I really wanted to take an opportunity and respond to old man Gary from Corvallis and his beef yesterday, yesterday when he called to complain about his seats being downgraded at Oregon State men's basketball games since they've become good. My question to Gary is when? When did they become good? They were an 11 seed in the Pac-12 tourney. Like, that's not even good by methylene standards. Like, that's a, like... They literally play in an old barn. I don't know if anybody knows that, but it's an old barn. You feel like you're going to, like, basketball games with Jed Clampett. It's awful. Um, but honestly, what I really wanted to call about is I know the Big Head's coming up. I know a segment, the Big Head bet segment. And um, I was thinking of throwing down a few bones on a bet that I came across on DraftKings. Um, which of these have the highest number? It's easy. How many chiclets methylene has in her mouth at plus 800? How many blow-up dolls Ed in San Antonio has gone through at plus 300? Or how many times Ryan in Sacktown is going to laugh at his jokes before he actually says them at plus 100? You know, just wanted his opinion. That's it. Thanks. I'm out. Have a great weekend, Amber, and enjoy getting racked again. Rack him! Still has a golden ticket. And for all of you that made all that noise about how it was the softest golden ticket ever, and I'm playing favorites, and why did I give it to her? Apology accepted, dopes. That's why. Chris, trying to revive the so-called dynasty. Chris, what's going on? Jim, what's up, brother? What's up, dude? Hey, listen, man, I just wanted to clarify something for some of the new viewers. Clones don't always disagree, Jim. For instance, Silkbag and I agree that the Junger Twitter posse is littered with losers, just a bunch of jobless bust-outs that gloss themselves, quote, stay-at-home dads, instead of admitting reality. They're lazy and unemployable. Hey, stay-at-home dad, we're all dads that stay at home with our kids at some point or another during the week. That isn't a gig, you morons. It's called a responsibility. So again, well said, Silk. However, I don't know about you, Jim, but I was a little concerned that Silkinson was lying to the show about being in Cabo. I think it was more likely he was phoning into the show from that cheap 
prefabricated jacuzzi he owns in his backyard, just chilling while he plotted his next failed run out of being a politician. Lastly, Jim, I'd like to personally double your generous offer of handing out free pay-per-views to the clones this weekend. If you can use your power and influence with the CBS suits to set up a televised bench press contest between Flight Deck and Andrew Bogus. <laughs> Holy crap, guys. Feel free to hit the gym every once in a while. Weights don't bite, fellas. You two make Elvin nervous. The CBS suits are going to have him tested for peds. That's probably where he was when he missed a day of work last week, running around to find a place to pee in a cup. War Jack Savage, Elvin collab on the music selection, coming in and out of breaks. Savage, you know what it is, bro. Let's make it a Dre day. Clones, you can either win with me or you can watch me win. Casey in L.A. is back. Casey, what's going on? Yo, what up, Jimmy Jam? What's up, dude? Dude, it's all good, man. Congratulations on the new addition to the Rome clan. In fact, dude, while most of us have, like, two-legged offsprings, you do two- and four-legged offspring. Man, that is pimping. That is super pimping. Yeah, I appreciate you know, it. You know what? It's pretty bad what's going on with the city of Oakland to lose another sports team, really, Oakland. I have a suggestion to fix this problem. The entire city of Oakland should move. Like, Oakland needs to move to Sacramento, or they need to move to Fremont, San Jose, or maybe Las Vegas, because everybody else is. Because Oakland is where the cost of living is going up and the chance of living is going down. And that's why teams are getting the heck out of town. I was on a little vacay uh, in Asia, and I listened to a couple of shows. In fact, I heard a drop from Don King, you guys, from back in the day. Dude, Don King, yeah, he was, like, supporting Larry Bonds. What? Jorge Canseco didn't want any of that, huh? Or Danny Sosa? Or Matt McGuire? Dude, Don Crink was the original gangster. He used to come on the show all the time and pontificate. Dude was a gangster, went to prison for manslaughter, came out and pimped the entire boxing world. That's a bad dude, man. The only guy I know who styles his hair every day by sticking his finger in an electric socket. Your crew does not know about Don King. Some of your new crew, they had better recognize. And, dude, I also heard Zion Williamson's rant. You know, he can play, he can't play. He wants to play, but he won't play. He's healthy, not injured, but not able to play. I was like, what? Dude is the absolute poster child for load management. If you look up load management in the dictionary, it says, see Zion. We're raising a generation of smoothies, Jim. They're all soft. Hey, dude, in fact, I'm getting a little tired right now myself, man. I'm fatigued. Uh, I have to load manage my lips and get ready for that thing you do uh, next month on the 30th. Uh, as they say in hockey, uh, I'll see it in, but I'm out. Let's go to Sacramento, Richard. Good to have you, Richard. What's up? Hey, Jim. Happy Friday. You too. Um, so, the, so the big head likes the Warriors. You know, what a surprise. Everybody does now that they won a game. But, you know, first of all, can you get that guy a new photo? He looks like the creepy guy hanging out around the local middle school wearing sweatpants. So, you know, please, if his caricature looks better than his photo, we got problems. At any rate, the Kings could not have played worse than they did last night. You know, you got Monk and Herter, one for 10, I think, from three-point. The Warriors won a game they had to win. Okay, great. I still like the Kings in six or seven. Lyles, Herter, Monk, play better. And please, get Draymond back in the game. The Golden State Warriors, when you have Curry, Thompson, and Green in there, they're more like the on-Golden Pond Warriors. So, <laughs> Kings in six. Light the beam, baby. I like that. Rack him. V, in the fee. V, what's up? Romy Stillskin. What's up, my brother? <laughs> what's up, dude? Yo, I'm literally barfing for my man, Dan Campbell. Look, I'm a Vikings fan, and I know he's a great coach. The guy literally pours his heart into, and soul into turning the Lions franchise around, and then this happens. Way to go, Lions, doing your best Calvin bid-on-me impression and wrecking it all. Hey, idiots, sports betting ruins lives. You can lose your job, lose your wife. Hell, you can lose it all, you stupid morons. Anyways, Rome, I'm looking forward to the big head bet segment in hour number two. Hey, speaking of number two, when you say you had major news to report this morning, 
I thought it was the news of the Boston Marathon, which became the Boston Mudathon, when a runner decided to diarrhea on someone's lawn. Kind of hard to get first place in a race if you got to unload your dump truck in the middle of it. Maybe she was okay with getting the number two spot or just finishing in third place. The homeowner should get the Ian Poulter alarm to notify him a stranger was fertilizing their grass. Speaking of grass, yesterday was awesome. We were high off our asses. While everyone was having their morning coffee, I was having my morning coughing and hitting the trees harder than Sonny Bono. I did work yesterday, and my boss straight up asked me, why are your eyes so bloodshot red? So I tell my boss what happened. I was at the golf course, bent over to tie my shoes. I look up, and who's right in my face? The backside of Ian pulled my finger to her, and he gave me pink eyes. I'll give you this, V. I have never seen anybody say so little but with so much energy and enthusiasm. You're off the watch list. Good night now!